This is the Basketball Show with Shane the Hammer Heel. What they gonna say next? Hello and welcome to another week of the Basketball Show. Thanks to TCL 2K and Bet with Joel. Joel and Hammer with you. It has been a massive week. Huge. The NBA, the NBL, WNBL's back as well. So many great games. And uh, how good was Sunday NBL? The triple header. Three good games. It made up for the bad one on Saturday (laughs) night uh, in far north Queensland. But they were three good games. I love the format of three good games Mm -hmm. on a Sunday as well. Yeah, the NBL definitely got lucky with those. Uh, We are going to be short for time because we have so much to get through. So let's get straight into it. Right, LeVar Ball is no stranger to controversy and ruffling feathers. We know that. He was asked recently, though, whether LaMelo ever seeks advice from Michael Jordan, who obviously owns the Hornets. He said no. He said, what advice could Jordan possibly give LaMelo? Like, what is this guy talking about? Is he serious? Seriously? The only, well, the advice that Jordan could give to LaMelo is that LaMelo's dad is a flog. Disregard your family. He is a flog. That is the only thing more certain. Can you believe that he would actually say that? And the when you look at well, to the goat, unbelievable. Is I mean, if you're Lamelo, wouldn't you just love to be able to get some lunch or a dinner or an individual session or something and just pick his brain about things that he can do better and everything else? It makes no difference how long ago he won a championship. No, really. not at all. Not at all. Um, I wonder how much MJ does put himself out there for the players. I presume that he would be available to them. I think he would, but I don't think he'd be there all the time trying to force himself no, on him no. as well. He'd be the sort of guy that I think if somebody went and spoke to him, he'd take him under his wing. And you just want to be doing that as a young guy anyway, wouldn't you? Like Definitely. It's like if you if you could sit in a room with MJ, oh, now What would you pay for that? Serious, what would you pay to have a lunch and a few drinks or whatever and hear some MJ stories and My get some advice? My life savings and some. Yeah. <laughs> Probably. What would Incredible. you ask him? Oh, where do you start? You I think you just, oh, I just think you'd let the conversation roll and yeah. start getting some stories about the best players he ever played against and difficult times that he got through and advice of how you would take your game to another level and things like that. It's just, I mean, he's just a freak. Greatest ever. Definitely. The GOAT. Definitely. All right, let's keep things moving. Kicking off our TCL starting five with a shout out to the great Larry Legend, 65 years young. What do you think of when you think of Larry Bird? Well, I woke up on the day of his birthday and got on Twitter and uh, had a look at all these highlights and it never gets old. Larry Legend, some of the shots that he made, the passes, the passion that he played with, the trash talk that he came up with. Back in the day, how, how good was he? You never get so done. good. No, definitely not. And also, such a character as well. I love yeah. that about him. Tell all the young kids, go and watch these highlights. Yeah. Unbelievable stuff. Imagine how he would play in today's NBA. Incredible. Do you think it would work? Oh, work. Yeah. I mean, his skill set was ahead of its time because mm. he didn't rely on the athleticism and everything else, especially with a three ball and his passing and yeah. more, you know, then they calling softer fouls. You took your head off if you played in the NBA back in those days if you went into the paint. Larry oh, Bird, 65. Incredible. We love him. Still a youngin. Um, let's focus on the NBL now. Brian Gorgian and his recruiting. 
Does he? You've been impressed. Does you? he? Does he get charged <laughs> fringe benefits tax on? his package with the boomers because I tell you what a little bonus that he was able to get in that pay packet yeah, exactly. when he signed this great man here and uh, been killing it 27 and 7 and then 18 and 9 against Adelaide to start the season not bad well it's a great combination because it's great for Gorge but it's also great for him because his game is going to another level he's going to be the benefactor of it because he's going to sign big contracts and could get back to the NBA. Yeah, exactly. Um, Hugo Basson, somebody who is also... Yes. He's got eyes on him, especially this week as well, which we'll talk about shortly. He's been very impressive for the Breakers. I think 25 and 26 points in the last two games. What about that stretch he went on on the weekend? Mm, yep. How many in a row? Do you know? Am I putting you on the spot No, here? no, no. I want to say... 14 or 16 points in a row or yeah, something like that. Yeah, and then like, like 11 in the fourth. Now, he's they've got him ranked at 84 in the NBA draft. Expect that just to tumble in. He's definitely going much, much higher If he that. continues to have the sort of form that we're seeing, you know, he could quite easily find himself in the first round. Yeah, I really like his attitude as well. I think yeah. after that game over the weekend, he said um, he was asked how he deals with things out in the court when things aren't going his own way. He said, even if I'm 0-10, I'm backing myself. I'm, I'm still going for it. Shooter's mentality. Yeah. You've got to have a short memory. Yeah, love it. <laughs> um, the Breakers are struggling with injuries. So are a number of other teams. The Kings were sure over the weekend as well. United too. But you've been impressed with how teams have sort of been out there regardless of how short they've been. Well, you look at New Zealand with the quality of players that they had out to be able to be up 17 points against the Adelaide 36ers on the road was really impressive. And the Kings had four of their top seven players out. And you take any of that sort of calibre of players out of a lot of teams, it's very difficult to be able to win games against good opposition. And, uh, you know, and United as well. You take Chris Golding out, who they rely on so heavily, for them to be able to compete with the Kings in the first game and then South East Melbourne in a position to be able to win both those games. Just very impressive. Yeah, hopefully we see most of those players back. We don't want we what to. happened at the end of last season with the fatigue factor coming no. into play as well. Now, there was a lot of heat in a number of games over the weekend, but Angus Glover, particularly for the Kings, he had a bit of a chip on his shoulder, it feels like. Hey, hey, game. hey, you need lead little Angus alone. Oh, I, um, I love it. The aggression is great. happy to be back and passionate. The biggest concern I had is that <laughs> I've got Keely Froling playing for the Flames and Glover's... Uh, well, say, not really fiancé, but I put the pressure on him. Uh, and Kira Rowe, his partner, uh, both sitting next to each other watching this game. And I know how Keely is. I'm glad she didn't throw any elbows as well because uh, she gets a bit passionate as well. Angus gave uh, Dorp a bit of a, an elbow to him Good. at one point. Good. That's what he's meant to do. Yeah, no, it was Fiery. good. It's amazing seeing him Redhead. back out there. I think he's going to have a word with you, though, about the uh I put enough pressure on It's like, fire up, pal, fire up. <laughs> She's a good girl, Kira Rowe. Breaking all the big news in basketball with Matt Logue. Yes, it's time for the Logue Down. Now, guys, we know that the Phoenix and United game had a fair bit of spice to it. <laughs> There's been some fallout, though, since. What can you tell Fire us? Fire up today, mate. Fire <laughs> up today. There's a bit of passion in this. Mate, it was a fantastic Sunday of basketball, highlighted by that yes. throwdown derby and that epic poster dunk from, from Mitch Crook. Here we see it here on Delhi. Now... We can reveal there is a little bit more to this. Mitch's reaction dates back to some a little bit of tension with Delhi going back to the Olympics uh, when Mitch didn't make that final squad. There was um, some talk within the Boomer squad that they didn't want Mitch there for cultural reasons. And Mitch believes that Delhi potentially was an instigator there. 
Um, Mitch left that boomers camp and he didn't uh, receive any messages. And I think he's personally disappointed about that. Mitch is determined to move on and focus on this season. And so far, as we've seen in NBL 22... It didn't look like he was moving on to me. I don't think he was moving on. Not in that moment, no. But between the two, there is a little bit of... Okay. And and Delhi will happily move on and and, and really probably dead bat that. But for for Mitch, I think there's a bit of fuel in the fire this year. Throw in United, losing to United last year in the semis and it's game on. It wasn't the only thing, though, was it? It seemed like there was emotion coming from all channels. Which is, I will state, is it's a bit disappointing that that game was so good that that's what we should yeah. be talking about. But instead, it was off the court, this moment with, with the blow-up. But there's bigger incidences there where the Phoenix have now put in a formal complaint to the NBL. They're disappointed that the United Court announcer made... Um, Casually racist comments towards Joe Chi when he was shooting for a free throw um, that he wouldn't understand or the crowd wouldn't understand uh, or Joe wouldn't understand what he was saying, which is a bit uh, disappointing. Uh, well, there's can. also... We heard him talk to the referee on the mic. He can he was, understand. It was very, very clear. Yeah. The other part is that United are disappointed with a, a Phoenix player for having a comment, personal comment back at the United court announcer. Yeah. Uh, and then the other layer is the Phoenix are disappointed that the United bench were making comments towards Mitch Creek. Uh, so this is now in the hands of the NBL where this goes, Shane. I'm, and Joe, I'm not too sure uh, because they're complaints, but what the NBL can do, I'm not sure. But let's just say the whole Phoenix team got sat down on Sunday night and said, you have to be the bigger people here. I know you're disappointed, but you've got to move on. But let's just say no love loss. How real- is the rivalry between the two teams, though? This is real rivalry. Yeah. Right? It's a little bit like Sydney and... Illawarra. It's real. Oh, it's, There's it's, nothing it's, fabricated here. It, absolutely, it's real. All righty, let's keep things moving. The Dallas Mavericks are sending a scout yeah. down to the Hawks-Breakers game, I believe. Yeah. What's your intel? Yeah, yeah on Saturday night, Hawks-Breakers down there in Wollongong, and um, they're going, obviously, there to watch the Breakers' two next stars. Hugo Besson, in oh. particular, has just been terrific. On fire. But watch this space on Duop Reith. Uh, he has him started the season on fire. He's yep. a legit big who can shoot even from range. Exploded against the Sydney Kings, and he wants to get back to the NBA. Here's his chance to impress uh, the Dallas Mavericks. And uh, look, I have no doubt, Shane. Get your opinion and Joe as well. I think Dewop's destined for the NBA if he maintains his form. Well, yeah, there's no doubt they'd be looking at him. I mean, we want to see a little bit more water go under the bridge Absolutely. against teams. The Kings had four players out. True. Um, but he started the season really well. And can he work his way into the Australian team? Because he hardly got on with the Boomers as well. Yep. Is he going to be a legitimate contributor at international level is the question. Yeah, and that's that's and that's and the, the big question now. He was on the bench, as you say. But look, he started well. And yeah. um, he's his chance to say, hey, Dallas, look at me as a well. A gorge will make him better. Oh, yeah, There's definitely. no doubt about that. He's going to be a much better player now than he was six months ago, yeah. and in another six months, he'll go to another level, and they'll be assessing that as well. Mm. Beautiful. All right, stick around. We're going to move on with some predictions now. All right, time to go crystal gazing. Let's bring in Derek Crocker As we do every week, Derek, hello to you. Now, before we get into this round, let's have a look at this score. Derek, you're on eight. The rest of us are on nine, just one point ahead. So it's super tight at the moment. This week could definitely be telling, though. First up, Thursday night, United hosting the Kings. Who have you got? I'm going with Melbourne United, Joe. And, guys, I think in that round one game, you know, I didn't think Melbourne were that badly outplayed. Shane, you thought that it was never going to be a question of who was winning that. You thought it was Sydney all the way. But I think on their home court, Delhi looked good yesterday. I think United will be really tough in Melbourne. So I'm going with them all the way. 
Yeah, looking forward to that one, that's for sure. Now, Hammer, coming to you with the next game, the Hawks hosting the Breakers. Well, I was really impressed with New Zealand against Adelaide to get that big win. They had so many of their key players out, uh, but they were able to put points on the board. Just didn't have enough depth to be able to hold on in Adelaide. I don't think they'll come close to the Illawarra Hawks. They're a machine at the moment. They're at full strength, and I think they win that one convincingly. The Wildcats and Bullets, we know how tight their game was over the weekend, Maddie. Can the Bullets do it again over there in Perth? Yeah, let's just say the Wildcats won't like being punched in the face. Uh, they'll be fired up. They won't let that happen again at home, and they'll be too good. Uh, the Bullets will be com very competitive, as they proved in that game on, on Sunday. But, yeah, Wildcats. Yeah, I think I agree with you there as well. Derek, coming back to you, Sydney hosting the Phoenix, two teams that are predicted to be in the top four. Who's, who have you got for that one? This is going to be a really exciting game. It'll be good to see the Phoenix go on the road. And, man, I'm sounding like a Sydney hater, Shane. Maybe it's because you're involved with the franchise. I don't know what's going on. But I think I think the big guy, Joe Chi, he's tough in there. And I think Phoenix are going to handle this game, which means it's a tough weekend for the Kings. Yep, I agree with you there as well. Hammer certainly <laughs> does not. Well, the Kings had four players of their top seven players out the other day and competed with the Illawarra Hawks, and you want to hate on them. All right, coming to you next, Hammer. The 36ers heading up to Cairns. Can they get the win on the road? Well, it was a great second half from the Adelaide 36ers, but I'm going to go with Cairns in a little bit of a boil over here. I think that home court advantage, they get up for it. I don't see Cairns winning any games on the road for the whole year. And uh, I think they'll just take a little bit of confidence against a pretty lacklustre uh, Jack Jumpers outfit. But I think they get two in a row at home. Even if Scott Machado's not playing? Even if Scott Machado's not playing. All right, there no you go. Chance. There you go. All right. Maddie, coming to you, United hosting the Breakers. Who have you got? Yeah, I agree with Derek. I just think United performed, uh, despite the loss, they were really strong. Delhi was terrific. I think you add Chris Golding back into the lineup, and they'll be way mm. too good. Derek, this is the toughest game for me for the weekend. The Bullets hosting the Hawks. Talk to me. Shane, I always thought that first home game of the season is the hardest one to play. There's so many expectations, and you can almost feel the anxiety in the crowd. And imagine if the Bullets beat Perth to sweep them over there and they come back home. Expectations will be really high. So having said all of that, man, I'm going to have to go with Illawarra. I might even go out to that game, Shane, and check it out. But I'm going to go with Illawarra, unfortunately. <laughs> they would be honoured. They would be honoured. <laughs> All right, Hammer, the Wildcats are hosting the Jack Jumpers in the final game oh, of the weekend. This could get ugly. You know, Perth don't like losing at home. And uh, fresh on their minds, uh, they will take care of this and they'll do it by a big margin. And, and welcome the Jack Jumpers to the NBL. They got away with a home win in overtime, but then going on the road, losing to Cairns, and then get thumped against the Wildcats. They say welcome out west. It's a tough weekend to pick, guys. Thank you very much for that. And also, just before you go, Bet With Joel have announced a new NBL season package. So if you go to betwithjoel.com, mention the basketball show or type in NBL 25, you get 25% off of that package. So a great deal, and we love the support from Bet With Joel.
Well, thanks to 2K, Maddie Logue and I are going in-depth this week with one of their ambassadors and stars of the NBL, Mitch Creek, who joins us now. Mitch, thanks so much for being on the show. Now, we know you're a big gamer. How much are you loving NBA 2K22? Yeah, good to see you both. Um, I guess, first and foremost, uh, it's been a game I've kind of played for most of my young childhood. Uh, I always used to kind of grow up with all the 2K uh, kind of gaming franchises being played. I was always a massive Chicago fan. Um, loved the Bulls and used to always just try and run it back with MJ every single game. And everyone would complain about trying to pick the best team. But uh, it was the only way I could get a win. I wasn't too good at the game, but I just enjoyed playing it. So having the new one now and all the new in-depth kind of gaming experiences, uh, it makes it a lot more realistic and a lot more fun. And especially now that I've been in some of the games as well, it's, uh, it's sometimes a more fun to play. I was always Dwayne Wade when I was playing for, uh, playing for Miami. Love that. Um, you've obviously spent some time over in the NBA. Who were the players that you sort of looked up to when you were younger and then learnt the most off when you were over there? Uh, some of those guys are probably a bit, a bit older guys now. Sean Kemp was, was my favourite player growing up. Uh, Steve Nash was, uh, was another one. And then probably my all-time favourite was Manu Ginobili. Uh, just being a left-handed, you know, swing man, did a bit of everything, very crafty guy. Uh, you know, it, he was kind of one person I always looked up to and just admired how he played. So uh, to finally get out there, run on the court that some of these legends got to play on as well, uh, was pretty special indeed. Mitch, mate, your form this year to start the season has been sensational. But yesterday, mate, you got the basketball world talking with that epic poster dunk on, on Delhi. I think last time the NBL checked, it was 6.3 million page views on, on their website, which is, which is massive. Mate, I loved your reaction. The NBL referees didn't. What did you make of that? Oh, look, you know, it's, it's one of those moments in basketball where you make a good play, you know, you have a big dunk, you hit a big three to, to, to win a game or... You bank a shot off the or the corner of the backboard like Finn Delaney did in the preseason against us. And, you know, there's always going to be a reaction. There's always emotion and throwdown games between both Melbourne sides are always competitive. Um, for me, it was just a really big play. Um, you know, I thought it was an M1 um, at the time. You don't get many of these plays anymore. And, you know, they're, they're a dime a dozen. So I was, uh, you know, we were pumped up in the game. It was a close one. It was very back and forth. And, you know, they've had our number a few times, especially last year in the finals. So, to, to make some big plays and to evidently get the win was uh, was a really exciting thing. And, and obviously, off off the court reports surfing that surfacing rather that both teams are sort of going at it. My understanding is that uh, the Phoenix officials sat you guys down and just said, "Look, you've got to be the bigger people here. We're going to move on. We've got a bigger goal at goal at hand." Is that, is that how you're viewing it? Yeah. Look, you know, these things happen in sports sometimes when tensions run a little high and things happen like this. You have to just kind of center yourself back and say, you know, who are we? What are our values as a team? And we stick together. Uh, we did a great job of that. We bounced back. We got the win. We came in today, reviewed the film, offense, defense. We talked about professionalism. We talked about kind of the character we want to be representing our club and, and each of us as individuals with. And we kind of had a bit of a gut check with that because there were some things that were inappropriate from us uh, and also from both sides as well during the game and after the game. So we have to try to tighten up on that because... We need to be better than that because that's who we want to be as a ball club. Mm, I suppose, speaking you know, of being better, um, the rumour mill went into overdrive when you had your outburst um, with, with Delhi and all, you know, all sorts of things. that I, you know, I've been hearing a lot of people in basketball that your relationship with Delhi and it was a reaction to him and your departure from, from the Boomers. And I know you, you were personally disappointed not to make that Boomers team. 
can you can you address some of that and you know the fact that, you know including you didn't receive a message when you left Boomers Camp. So what's what's your take on that? No, not at all. There was there was no tension. There's no nothing. You know, I didn't get picked, and, and that's all it was. I've never had any issues in that team. There's been rumors in the past where there was stuff about leadership stuff and whatever else. But if anyone knows me, they know that I'm just a guy who wants to go out and give my best to the team any given night. So you know, I, I got a lot of time for Delhi. We've had a lot of conversations in the past. Uh, you know, we had a good friendship. We do have a good friendship. Um, you know, this, this doesn't change anything. I still respect him as an athlete, you know, as a person as well on the court, off the court. But yeah, there's, there's no tension anywhere. People just get excited with their fingers and start typing stuff online. And a bit of clickbait goes a long way for some people's egos. And, and unfortunately, you know, people like myself and others, you know, it kind of gets taken out on us. But there's no bad blood there. Um, you know, he's a hell of a player. He's had a hell of a career. He's going to have a, a, a continuous career in the NBL and hopefully back in the NBA at some stage. But, yeah, there's no bad blood there, mate. Just a very passionate play and, and a team of, you know, Phoenix players just uh, willing to try and do what we need to do to win. Hey, Creaky, one more on the game yesterday. Was that the best dunk of your career? Yeah, it's got to be up there. Uh, I've had a couple of rippers. Uh, I think I got Oscar Foreman early in my 36-a-days uh, coming down the middle of the lane, and that was pretty filthy, but... There wasn't 412 cameras like there is nowadays. So uh, I wish I could go back in and, you know, pause, rewind, you know, just like I would in 2K. Um, change the angle, you know, move it around and get a really cool shot of it. That'd be really awesome. But, yeah, definitely a special moment in my career. But at the same time, it's one play. Um, and there, you know, as I said, a dime a dozen. But the real things we chase are championships and, and team success. We've had a good start to the season, obviously, which we mentioned. You've got the Kings this week, another tough matchup. Where do you see that game being won and lost? Look, for us, it just starts on the defensive end. Every time we lock down, you know, our, our, our defensive plan really well, uh, we box out, we run in transition, you know, we limit teams to one shot. It gives us a really good burst and it allows us to play the kind of basketball we need to. So um, offensively, that'll take care of itself. We're scoring at a high rate and we're not even really cooking on all cylinders right now. We're a V8. We're only running on four cylinders, I think. So defensively is where it's at. We've got the dogs. Uh, the boys are deep. You know, everyone's fit and healthy, and that's what makes us very dangerous at the moment. So uh, I think a big focus on the defensive end will, will take care of business for us. You guys are certainly exciting to watch at the moment. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks to NBA 2K22 as well. Good luck for the rest of the season. No worries. Appreciate your support. Thank you. Yes, it's time for points made. Derek is still with us as well. Now, guys, Steph Curry is about to pass Ray Allen for the most threes made in his career. Freak. He is. He's an unbelievable He's player. What I do want to bring to your attention, though, is that I saw something from ESPN the other day. They put out the question, if the Warriors win a title this year, is the GOAT debate now Steph versus Jordan as opposed to LeBron versus Jordan? I don't, that, I don't, that doesn't sit comfortably with me at all. No. I want to get your thoughts, Derek. Well, I agree with you, Joe. I mean, I think that might be stretching it a bit too far. Now, look, Joe, I'm going to take you on a little NBA history lesson here. I know you think old school is Tim Duncan, but I'm going further back. <laughs> Russell and Chamberlain, icons. Magic Bird, icons. Now we move on to Jordan, icon. Kobe, yes but not at the level of LeBron. Now, if you're talking about where Steph Curry fits in there, you know what separates him from the rest is his perfect 
almost NBA off-court lifestyle and his care for society and all those types. He never takes a step wrong. And now we know that he's one of the greatest players ever. So while I may not put him in the GOAT category, I'm definitely saying, Shane, he may be one of the top 10 uh, players of all time. Well, I agree with everything you just said. I think you add in the fact that he's smaller than most people. He's smaller than us. Um, yep. Doesn't look like you know, the brute strength of LeBron, you expect him to be able to dominate games, but Steph does it in such a unique way. So much talent to be able to shoot the shots from where he shoots it from consistently. And he moves so well without the ball, I think makes it even more impressive. He uh, doesn't have to take a million dribbles to be able to get his shots off. So likeable and uh, love seeing him succeed. All right, let's keep things moving. Guys, Cleveland. Where have they come from this season? They are flying. Well, uh, the thing I like about this story is that the game's not played on paper. The start of the season, you look at this roster and you go, oh my goodness, this is going to be a long season for them. And then you see them just play so well together, play as a team, play their roles. They've got an equal spread of scoring across the board as well. But I probably haven't watched as much NBA as what Derek has. What do you think, mate? Yeah, well, you spent the NBL season trying to get ready for the WNBL season, so I don't know what you're talking about. If you looked at that roster, they're good. One of their problems, Shane, was point guard play. And Garland and Sexton, it was hard to figure. I think they're two undersized combo guards. But they brought in Ricky Rubio, and now he's just giving them a steady leader out on the floor. Rubio's, Rubio is playing as well as he ever had. And now, unfortunately, with Colin Sexton injured out for the season with a meniscus tear, Yo, he might have a tough time finding his way back in that lineup because Garland is now slid into that off-guard position. You've got Jared Allen, Kevin Love still very serviceable. Uh, you got Okoro who came off the bench yesterday and scored 20 points. Hey, Cleveland's really tough, and they've done it kind of like you said, Shane, with a no-name lineup. I think they've been great. They're 16 and 12, but they're really, really young too. You've got Garland, Mobley, Okoro, 20, 21 years of age. They're really, they're really building. And it's good for the league too, right, that you're not just relying on these super teams, that you can have a, a smaller team with less names but younger and grow into uh, some sort of success. I think it's great for the NBA. All right, what about Portland? Dame Lillard has, has made it clear he wants to stay there. We're sorting out a trade. Ben Simmons' name keeps popping up. Derek, how do you feel about the fact that he has, as a superstar that he, that he is, has said that he actually wants to stay there? He's not going and, and chasing championships. Wow, that clock's really got to be ticking on the championship, Shane. And I just don't, in this era, like when we were playing, it was a bit tougher um, to kind of ask and get your way out of a situation if you were unhappy. You were probably uh, one of the pioneers in that area. But nowadays, you know, it's almost a shock to hear a player wanting to stay when the situation isn't necessarily advantageous to him. I think Lillard needs to be more selfish. There are opportunities he could go to, like the New York Knicks. But obviously, the big name is Ben Simmons. Can they pry Simmons out of Portland and make something happen there? And we spoke about it last week. We both hope that Simmons does get to Portland. And uh, I love the fact that Lillard is prepared to stay. I love the fact that he wants to be a one-team guy for his NBA career, and he doesn't really like the limelight. I can't imagine him embracing being in New York or you know, having to go to Philadelphia with the extra pressure. He wants to be able to try and build some sort of success uh, in Portland. I hope it happens, and uh, you know, I love everything about Lillard as well. All right, before we wrap this up, have you got anything from Joel for this week? Oh, 
Uh-oh. I do have something from Joel. You put me on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you keep talking to Derek because I'm going <laughs> to give you something from our man Joel. And he has. What's he got? Come on. He has come up with the 76ers minus two and a half against the Grizzlies. Okay. Cross for him. Is that all right? Okay. You, yeah, it's good. Stop. you like that, D? <laughs> yeah, I'm all over it. <laughs> Beautiful. All right, Derek, we'll see you next week. Thanks, guys. All right, we are done for another episode of The Basketball Show. Big week ahead. What are you most looking forward to? Big week gone, too. I want to see the Kings in Melbourne against United and then home against the Phoenix. We're going to find out a little bit more about all three of those teams. Yeah, I'm with you there. I'm really looking forward to seeing CG43 play with Delhi. He's back. Against the Kings are you just saying as that? Well. No, I'm, like I think it's going to be great. They're a different team with him. And hopefully the Kings have got some players back as well. Yeah, it'll be good. All right. Thank you guys for watching. Thank you to TCL2K and Bet With Joel as well. We'll be back next week. This is a co-production by News Corp Australia and Closer Sports.